0: all right guys we are live welcome to bitcoin magazine lives uh 29th stream we're here to break down the michael uh sailor MicroStrategy. i don't know what they're calling it micro strategy world 2022 bitcoin for corporations event it's like a massive couple hundred hours of guests speaking all condensed into two days we just watched uh michael saylor and jack dorsey we're here to break it down for you guys so i guess i'm here with q uh initial reactions to the talk or the interview that michael saylor conducted with jack dorsey q
1: i mean i enjoyed it we were talking a little bit about this beforehand but you know hearing certain stories about the way you know jack and his partner bootstrap square going around and showing how it actually worked to sort of how they came about or how the Lightning development came about from Square Bitcoin or Square Crypto now uh, Spiral. It was inspiring just to hear the way that sort of think about these things and how some small decisions led to the big uh, big wins that we are today benefiting from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love how everything... Everything was really well compartmentalized by Jack. He's got, you know, his speaking parts and his thoughts down in terms of like what he wants not only to get out of Bitcoin, but what he wants to contribute. And obviously, you know, tons of capital and thought went into these projects that I, I feel like he really explained well for the first time. I mean, do you want to break down some of, you know, between Spiral and Block, his own ventures into mining? Uh all that stuff,
1: yeah, let's do it do you want do you have a particular topic you want to start with?
0: uh off the first, I mean, I think he what he said the least about was t v d which would be a decentralized exchange place for people to buy and sell just bitcoin goods and services, and bitcoin. I'm not really sure, but I think that's in hot demand, especially because you know countries. Aside from spreading misinformation about Bitcoin, kind of like propaganda, like you see in in Venezuela uh, with the with the petrol coin, um, leading people to other like centralized government alternatives, CBDCs. I think one of the major risks in this space is on ramps and off ramps are too centralized, cash apps included, and I think Jack recognizes that, and TBD seems to be. I mean, we don't really know what caliber of effort, but some effort to uh, stop it and to, to to solve for that problem.
1: I, I, I'm a huge fan of Jack Dorsey. I'm a huge fan of Block as a company, both as a, a user of some of their products, as well as an investor in, in their stock. I do agree with you, though, that the idea or concept of having a, a centralized entity create something decentralized is inherently, it goes against the grain there. Like... If the company itself is the one that is going to hold the keys and control this, then regardless of what you say, regardless of how decentralized you claim it to be, there is still that centralized control. What excites me about TBD is the fact that it affords you the opportunity if it's done to the extent and vision that Jack has outlined in the white paper says, it will be the first exchange where you can essentially transact anything. And what I'm really curious to see is if there will be some sort of like back-end fix or remedy to... If I want to go from Bitcoin to a house, let's say that is something that is offered where you could literally buy a house on TB, the exchange of TBD. Does that mean, though, that when I'm transacting my Bitcoin in the back end, it's going to transact it to USD or whatever fiat that is accepted to complete that transaction as it, for the house itself? Or am I able to just directly go and almost essentially pay for a house over the Lightning Network? That to me is going to be very impressive. And I'm just curious to see how that looks
0: yeah i mean i think you'd want some final settlement uh transacting for something as big as a house i don't know if the lightning network would be the way to go with that one but it might be i mean i don't i don't know to what i mean maybe chris can chime in on this i know he's more of a lightning expert than i am but to what extent and what amounts are people transacting lightning on i mean i know the whole ecosystem what does it have a couple thousand bitcoin between all the channels on lightning right now is it much more than that So awesome. I mean we're getting a little a little into the weeds here, but I think it just I don't I don't know I guess uh, my takeaway from that part was there's there's more TBD is TBD I mean we'll see I really like hearing a little bit more in depth about Spiral you know they're trying to accelerate worldwide Bitcoin adoption by creating development tools kits kind of like infrastructure that'll make it easier for people to build better user experiences make the network more secure, just kind of like plug and play tools. So it's easier to adopt Bitcoin Lightning and and Bitcoin itself across platforms and develop. So it's amazing work. It's a great, it's interesting to me, actually, because at Bitcoin Magazine, we have pretty much the same mission statement. We're trying to push Bitcoin toward hyper-Bitcoinization in whatever way possible, but like totally different takes, right? Like we don't do any of that. Dog is bugging me here. Q, what did you think about Jack's uh, comments on Spiral?
1: You know, I, I really liked hearing the way it came to be. The fact that, you know, they approach it through the lens of like, oh, we need to flip to Alex's <laughs> camera despite me talking. That is
0: just the cutest. She, she she found a way into my office and she won't you know she's bothering me so she's just gonna join the stream i guess
1: no she's <laughs> not a bother this is the stream has been upgraded what is her name zoe hi zoe <laughs> hi zoe welcome welcome to the show zoe when did your dad orange pill you <laughs>
0: um, not not soon enough
1: <laughs> what to to bring it back to jack and spiral um I'm big on company leadership. I love seeing and hearing how certain leaders approach either expanding current businesses or just how they operate and maintain their business as is. Um, and you know, hearing their approach of, let's let me listen to those who are experts in this space. What do you need to succeed? Um, when the head of spiral, who I believe is going to be a speaker actually at bitcoin twenty two in Miami, uh, quick plug to make sure you get your tickets. Um, he mentioned like let's just go out and get five developers, five developers for the Bitcoin network, and and see what they want to work on. Um, and they went and did that, and their expectations, frankly, was oh they're each going to go siloed off, and each one of them is going to work on one project. But in actuality, what happened was the five decided to collaborate. And they worked on one project, and that one project was the Lightning development kit. And now that Lightning development kit is used by Cash App, and it's used by many other apps as well. But the ability to give Lightning uh, network capabilities to Bitcoin wallet apps, huge a huge step forward to hyper-bitcoinization. And it happened not because Jack wanted to create the lightning development kit it didn't happen because jack saw opportunities in lightning it's because he stepped back and listened to those who understand the space those who want to develop in this space and let them have the freedom to develop what they believe the space needed and i think it's a net positive
0: yeah i think uh, i just checked uh and yeah indeed uh steve Steve lee will, will be speaking at Bitcoin 2022 which is pretty exciting It'd be great to uh we'll have to get him on the show before that too you hear that inside guys? scoop at yeah
1: we, we fact check live on Bitcoin magazine live no lies on this show
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we we verify everything We'll continue in the in the in the in the vein of Dorsey and sailor It was an interesting format to see I kind of want to like rehash and and check out um sailor's questions in that interview i thought he did a great job and it was interesting to me that uh jack dorsey is his idol in the bitcoin space as he said um as i i mean i think they're both just monsters of the space i think you know it's telling who sailor chose to spend you know his time with this afternoon i think it's just lynn alden and jack as far as i can tell
1: yeah i think i think those are the the segments that sailor is going to be sort of uh, handling or curating, if you will. I know that right now, I believe uh, Chris mentioned it's their CTO. I don't know if that panel is still going on, but you know, I think another thing just to be cognizant of: we are very familiar with Michael Saylor and Jack Dorsey, the Bitcoin community, especially, but their names still hold credence outside of this community, and for them to continuously be out there, sort of. Pounding the drum, just because we're the ones who love to hear them talk about Bitcoin, doesn't mean that there are people who are not in Bitcoin who love to just hear them talk because, you know, these are billionaires in their own rights who have essentially won the game of capitalism, if you will. And I always, I personally always find there is a value in hearing what these people say and think and how they process information. And to have, you know, last year after the Bitcoin conference, there was that virtual conference, the B word, I believe it was. Where Kathy Wood had Michael Saylor and Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk, you know, <laughs> um, talking about this. Overall, it's a net positive. We continue to just have more conversations around Bitcoin from high-level people who are looked at across industries, not just from the Bitcoin industry, not just from you know the social EDR fintech space for Jack or data analytics for Michael Saylor. We're we're taking steps. Slowly but surely in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and as Jack said, I mean we're closer than we've ever been to. I guess a native currency of the internet is like his favorite thing to liken Bitcoin to. What do you, What do you think about that? Q Is Bitcoin a native currency of the internet?
1: Oh, ab- absolutely. My story, whenever this comes up, is I believe I'm stealing this from Jeff Booth, um, the 400 errors where when the internet was created, you know a 404 error we've all seen or, or dealt with, page not found, whatever, you got, you entered the wrong thing or they deleted that specific page link. Um, however, one thing that kind of goes under the radar is there's more than just the 404 error and there are countless others. 400, 401, 402, 403, these were all created when the original internet protocol was designed. This was not created by Facebook when you get the 404 error. Oh no, Facebook did not create that. That is literally the base layer of the internet that has that. And I believe it's the 403 error is actually a payment error. So that signals the original creators of the internet anticipated some form of digital native currency of the internet to create a 403 payment error. I'm going to confirm this to 403 or it might be 405. Interesting. But that to me- Yeah, but what
0: you're getting, what you're getting at is there are protocols as rudimentary, <clears throat> as crude in their initial engineering as Bitcoin that are out there underneath everything that we do. And we don't even, most people are, are, are completely unaware of it. And only at like certain moments are those kind of like bare bones exposed. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Like we wouldn't, I, I would not know if it were not for me listening to Jeff Booth and Preston Pish talk about that. And I, if it's not Jeff Booth and it's someone else, I apologize. Please feel free to correct me in the chat. But I know, like I have told that story countless times and I, I genuinely, that for me was sort of the final culmination of, oh, there's literally, it's going to be Bitcoin. Like there's no other way it can be anything else in my mind. A, because it's native to the internet, but the decentralization of Bitcoin is what separates it because there's an mm-hmm. argument to be made about whether or not the internet itself is genuinely decentralized. So mm-hmm. I don't-
0: believe. I'm not- Yeah, I'm not technical enough on that front to- uh to know? I mean, I would say, I mean, what are the requirements to run internet, right? A means of transmission, a means of uh, reception.
1: Right. But there are really only three three cloud providers at this point that I'd say cover almost 90 to 95% of all webs and applications that we interact with AWS, uh, Oracle and Microsoft, I believe are the companies. And so, Like that, that is centralized, centralized.
0: But that, that, that's actually not the internet. That's not the internet itself though, right? Those are secondary layers. It would be like, I think it would be like um, if everyone started using Bitcoin through Cash App because you can so easily send Bitcoin over Cash App and then we'd be like, well, Bitcoin centralized. And it's like, well, not really. People just chose the most marketable, easy to access centralized on ramp and off ramp to use Bitcoin but the protocol itself that underlies it is not um but like I said I don't I don't really know enough about how the internet works to say whether or not it's like truly decentralized I think there's a really weird like no true Scotsman fallacy that happens around Bitcoin where we say like Bitcoin is truly decentralized it's like well what does that mean you know it's it's more centralized or decentralized than other cryptocurrencies but I don't I don't think that is in and of itself, like what distinguishes it from all these other assets, right? I think I mean, it's one characteristic, but I, yeah. I I don't think it's the be all and end all of the difference. I, I hear this. I mean, I mean, do you hear this? Like, oh, it's more decentralized than everything else. Like that's that's true, but it's not the whole truth. I don't think.
1: Well, to your point, yes, it is one case to be made about why Bitcoin is some the most successful, whatever sort of adjective you want to put in front of digital currency. Um, I, I know scarcity is always going to be a conversation, but there are other assets that have a, a, a limited supply, and then it turns mm-hmm. into who gets to control and say what happens with that limited supply. And when it becomes a centralized entity, all of a sudden that limited supply, like it, you almost have an asterisk next, asterisk next to it because. Mm-hmm. On a whim, someone can just wake up and be like, "You know what? No, we're gonna our, our yeah. token is gonna we're gonna, gonna,
0: de- we're de- gonna disenfranchise like, all our users." Yeah. yeah, like so. It goes back to it. There's not one aspect of Bitcoin that makes it this this great thing. You can't just point to the decentralization. It's everything. It's it's the having. It's the distribution of the network. It's the anti fragility. It's the lightweight blocks. It's it's the fact that it's the longest chain. I mean, that alone, it makes it hard for anything to compete. Uh, The fact that you're not going to be disenfranchised unless the whole network adopts some sort of change. And even in that case, you still what you own is still Bitcoin. Like that's a fundamental difference between it and other other cryptocurrencies. So. I guess bringing this back to um, to the discussion we heard today, it becomes very obvious to me when you understand just just kind of like two or three of these like differentiating features between Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, why Jack would say, (laughs) you know, NFTs have identified a problem that needs attention, but they're a solution to nothing. And i'm putting words in his mouth there but that's the feel i got from what he said maybe maybe you remember better q i'm not sure
1: um i no i i kind of think that that like he he is very good about like it's bitcoin only for him uh i do want to highlight really quickly before we we switch over to this so Pete rizzo is ripping us apart for our decentralization definitions uh wait decent- why Said,
0: I, I use Pete's definition. <laughs> what oh, did he say? <laughs> oh.
1: Well, his his thing is decentralized has a specific definition. It means that anyone can play any role in the protocol's operation.
0: I mean, I, I don't disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, of course, decentralization matters, but it's not the whole... People often say Bitcoin is truly decentralized, and adding the adjective truly doesn't add anything to the argument. That's, that's a fallacy. Fair. I would also... So, Sorry. I do. I do like his definition, though. Anyone can play any role. Any barrier to entry is determined by the market, and not any group of users. I mean, that's the better definition than I had. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but now, to to go back and actually answer your question, I mean, I I'm a big believer of like actions speak louder than words. At no point while Jack was there did Twitter's twip tips offering ever offer you anything outside of bitcoin and there were no nft uh profile pictures but now jack's removed and what was it within the first week we were commenting internally about oh see look now you can tip in ethereum oh uh, now you have nfts on twitter uh i think his actions have shown that his priority is bitcoin and bitcoin only i almost kind of respect him because he's never going to be like yo fuck ethereum or, or fuck it like He's a very open minded person and kind of understands that this broader network coexists. And like, we are only going to get so far if we're bashing and sort of demeaning other projects. Um, That said, I don't necessarily think he's like supporting other projects. I don't think he's putting his money or investing time or energy in other projects the way he does Bitcoin. And I think that again goes back to. Actions speak louder than words, and his priority is. And and ever since last summer at Bitcoin 21, he expressed that Bitcoin is the most important thing that he could work on. He's doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and you love to see it. Um, what else? What else struck you from this uh, conversation, Q?
1: You know, I I first learned about Square because of like the actual Square card readers. Uh, I love sort of hearing the conversation around uh, both bootstrapping and like really going around showing merchants, like how, how this works, plugging it into the headphone jack, swiping it. And then their reaction over, oh my God, that was so fast. Like it's been settled. And then translating that over to like the lightning network. And, you know, he's essentially validating himself as I have experience doing this. I've already shown merchants once that I can give them access to credit card payments that they previously never had access to before square that was like a foreign concept to them it would take too long wasn't worth their time but i helped them sort of see the light and help them get there and now he's literally gonna end up doing this with lightning and he's gonna introduce lightning to all of these freaking businesses and it's gonna be glorious and great and all of a sudden you're gonna go into your gas station and you're gonna be able to pay for a lighter for 225 on lightning or with cash without having to pay the fees like i had to pay a 50 cent fee in new Mexico just last weekend. And I literally spent the whole time trying to explain to the to guy at the counter, like you should just accept Bitcoin because, like, there are no fees and it would just be on the Lightning Network, It's be so much faster, so much easier. But now well, let's be
0: clear, clear, though, there are fees in Bitcoin. There are hundred percent.
1: It it is. I mean, look at it like this: it was a two twenty five lighter, and I was going to be charged a fifty cent fee for using my credit card.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the fiat system you're paying to use your own money. You're paying with your time. You're paying with fiat outright when you go to withdraw money or have it stored anywhere. There's, There's a huge maintenance cost in fiat and in bitcoin that cost is i would say more transparent because there's definitely there's definitely a cost to maintaining the bitcoin network as well i mean everything requires it needs a method of like staving off entropy but in bitcoin i think it's just a more fair transparent system we we have mining yeah
1: i mean i i might have missed uh, this segment, just stepping away from my computer for a second, but his mining conversation, uh, I am very interested to see sort of what what these mining like materials that they use to build out the actual computers, how they're going to get get and spread the access around the world. Um, I don't know how deeply he dove into that, but that is something that like I'm definitely and genuinely curious about watching them develop. I know that that's a very big thing that they wanted to create sort of decentralized uh, mining pools. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, excited to see progress on that front. I think that all these huge warehouses full of miners are just like honeypots for governments. I mean, you can see what happens in other countries, see what happens in Venezuela. People, government just steps in, swoops up these miners and says, these are ours now. This is our hashing power. What are you going to do about it? Like, And that will happen. I, I'm sure it will happen here. Bitcoin mining is not immune to government capture. And the best way to defend against it is to make it easier. The same definition of decentralization that Rizzo has for um, Bitcoin itself, we can apply to mining. So anyone can join and mine. You know, If you have a good source of electricity that's cheap enough. Oh, you got your tinfoil. Um I, we're,
1: we're going to tip no, off of what you said.
0: What did I say?
1: Uh I want I want to play a little bit of like a a game theory game with you right now because like I am a big boomer. Hold on,
0: hold on. Let's finish let's finish let's this finish thought and then we'll play we'll play again. Uh okay. So yeah, the mining needs to be more decentralized. I think we're going to see a rise in at-home mining of, you know, as these ASICs get I mean, hopefully cheaper, easier to use. I I think uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm optimistic about the Intel chip, about, you know, Jack, whatever solution his companies are going to provide. Um, it was hilarious to me that he uh, that he said he was, you know, he he could like buy tacos with his at home mining rig that he plugged in that that said it was mining off hydro. That's one thing I didn't understand. Do you guys remember that tweet that he had about? Um,
1: oh, yeah. With the
0: ASIC plugged in with the ant miner plugged in. He said he was it was hydro powered but yeah. he said he's at his house what kind of what kind of castle does he live is powered by a moat i mean like, the,
1: the man made two unicorns i'm sure he can afford to have some sort of uh a hydro a waterfall <laughs> i mean it's not as it, it it would be as simple as just having like a free flowing like honestly yeah you, know, a fountain, you could integrate in theory a sort of energy capture system that every time the water is flowing turning tur- the turbine you're not going to necessarily get like a ton of electricity it may be enough to literally
0: power one computer which do people generate power with like the ocean tides I know I know they use rivers and dams but I'm I'm just curious
1: Problem with so many of these green energy solutions is like they're they're only able to really help within a finite area of whatever is close by to them. We have a really hard time of spreading the energy around. Um, I think that I, I've I've said and I will continue to say until it it comes to fruition. But like I do think the next iteration of like what energy capture looks like as far as efficiency comes from Bitcoin mining because where the most is incentivized. To, to find cheaper and better solutions.
0: Yeah. I uh, um, I don't know. It's an awkward debate to have. I'm excited to have Alex Epstein on to talk about this more. I'm sick of hearing about we're only going to work with Bitcoin if they're green. I'm sick of the, the weird uh, environmental concerns that are pretty baseless. I mean, I haven't seen any evidence that CO2 is
2: and inherently
0: bad and that expending energy is inherently bad. And I tend to think that the more energy we've harnessed as a society, the more kind of free time we'll all have and the happier we'll be and the more cushy jobs we can have. There's 10,000 years of human like, I guess that wouldn't be evolutionary, but societal history that can back that up. I mean, that's how we went from, you know, having domesticated animals to harvesting wind turbines to crush grains to make you know just separate the wheat from the chaff to this is one of the big reasons although people like to just think it was like abraham lincoln and susan b anthony but like one of the reasons slavery ended is because it's not economically viable um it's it's way too much effort have you ever tried to force someone to do something whether even you know i have this experience in mma jujitsu every night like it's fucking difficult to force people to do things they don't want to do requires way too much energy way too much pushback way too much free will involved it's easier to have something like a horse and you know what's better than a horse an engine they think is better than an engine i guess would be like a tesla (laughs) electric solution but you know what i'm saying the more energy we have at our disposal i think we're generally the better for it now the flip side is also true that that energy can be kind of a black ball that, that, that screws society if we have too much of it, right? Or the wrong kind of it or the wrong person wielding it for the wrong reasons. But generally, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with having more energy at our disposal as a society and as humans.
1: I want to, I want to unpack a few things that you said. So I would argue that the over 1 million members of the Confederate Army would disagree about the economic usability of slavery i would no, also- no, no.
0: america was the last holdout i mean there, there 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 are there are slaves in some definitions but like broadly it's not it's not sustainable it's just not if you have access to machines you don't need slaves you have a fucking tractor
1: <laughs> like i mean look i i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying that there was definitely a contingency of people who literally took mm-hmm. arms in disagreement with the idea that they want to They want to essentially, whatever their farming business, whatever their business was, they did not want to go into the next iteration of the technology of that. And they wanted Mm. to.
0: Yeah. Can I respond to that? that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, totally. I'm not saying people, I'm not saying everyone just like drops their shackle and, you know, ball and chain and just says like, oh, this isn't going to work anymore. It's just, no, it's like a long process with a lot of pushback. Interestingly, I see the same sort of thing when people are up in arms about technology is going to take away like truckers jobs. Like, what will the truckers do if all the trucks are automated? And it's like, what the fuck did they do before there were trucks? Like, what have people always done? They're innovated. Like, people are innovative. They learn. They adapt. If you can't do that, you won't make it. Tough. It's the market. Like, there's, there's a competing marketplace for jobs and opportunities for people. It's like, you're seeing this now where people are having difficulty switching to like use the internet to help them find work and get a job and like survive the pandemic and i hate to say it but that's just survival of the fittest like if you can't adopt and educate yourself to have the jobs that new like more progressive generations created for society i mean the long-term like viability of your of your business, of your like capital allocation strategy is not going to pan out.
1: I completely agree. I think we have this issue. Historically, there are a lot of examples of this. When you have technology enter an industry that deems certain jobs obsolete, there is a pushback because there's this idea of, well, if I can't do this work, then what else am I going to do? Uh, Rather than having an open mind of, well, if this technology is created, what other opportunities does this afford us to have? We have now more time. You know, we talk about the truckers. We talk about the people uh, working in factories, even still worried about automation in factories. I mean, I, I respect and, and appreciate the work that has been done to get our society to where it is now. But I also kind of put emphasis on, we got here because we continue to innovate and develop. If we're going to just sort of put our feet up and say, all right, we're done. We're good. We made it. I, I won't sit, sit by quietly or calmly to that. I want to say that's
0: see. how when you're distracted by Twitter.com and you're you're have your goggles on. You're in the metaverse for two years straight. That's how you wake up locked down with a fucking shot in your arm. Like, yeah, I definitely agree with you. You don't want to you don't want to sit like rest on your. What's the expression? Rest on your laurels just because yes. we have new, um, you know, better technology. It's definitely a time to use your time and allocate it more efficiently to more important projects. And the, the the problem and the trade-off that every person has is like, what am I supposed to like do with my time and myself? And this is the battle that Jack Dorsey was having with himself. And you could see it. You could see the shackles come off when he quit Twitter. You know what I mean? The gloves came off and he just went after every venture capitalist, like bullshit, crypto, Web3, Firm out there. I mean, it's amazing to watch, and this is what happens when you um, allocate your time with some two things that are in line with your principles. I think it's it's very liberating.
1: I do also want to touch on just sort of energy use. I have no problem with increasing energy output. I do have a problem though if we continue to increase it at the current rate of inefficiencies that we have. Like a perfect example, I've spent the last like three nights trying to explain to my cousin what upstream data actually does and how they capture the energy, the energy excess that comes off during the natural gas mining process. And he couldn't wrap his mind around it. And where he got stuck was, wait, so you're just telling me that before before this company existed, before this type of energy capture was, was created, we were just like wasting the energy And my response was like, don't if this upsets you, like I would not recommend like looking up like the inefficiencies of of oil mining or the inefficiencies of gold mining. Like we are very inefficient. And I think that needs to be prioritized rather than oh, what's the what's the new sexy way for us to do it? Like, I would rather spend the next 10 years. We don't need to create the next version of solar or wind or water. I don't need that. What I need is how do we get the excess wind power in Palm Springs out to places in West Texas? How do we get the solar panels that are absorbing all this excess energy all throughout LA, all up and down the coast of California, even down to Baja? For, for Christ's sake, like why, why not create a world that allows for more energy to be more efficiently used across the space? Uh, obviously, there are government restrictions. Oh, I thought you said Denver Broncos government restrictions would prevent like the idea of us sharing energy with Mexico or Canada, but I would like to see a more globalized uh, economy. And I think part of that is energy.
0: Well, part of that is Bitcoin freeing the capital control. Excuse me. I'm hicking up really bad. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead, QG
1: um okay so while while you can't talk I want to I'm gonna go tin pull a hat so um <laughs> you brought up like the idea of like Venezuela I believe it was Venezuela right that just took over all the the mining rigs from their from the minor setup of their country and this will not be the last nor will it be sort of the only attempt at a nation state attempting to seize control of hash rate of the network in some capacity I am of the side that believes that you know, a lot of the, the wars that we saw over the last 20 years in Iraq were due in large part to the control over oil. Um, I will put my tinfoil hat on for what I'm about to say next, but I definitely believe that one of the main, this was not big enough, sorry, but uh, one of the main reasons, you know, we had such a, an aggressive approach with Iraq was Iraq introduced the petro-euro in the late 90s. Um, We are still on the petrodollar standard. The petro-euro did not really last very long. In fact, it was killed shortly after 9-11. That just to me, I I view the world as there is a control over energy resources, i.e. right now in present day, the main source of energy is oil. As we continue to develop Bitcoin and Bitcoin becomes sort of the the purest form of energy capture, nation states will shift their priority over the control of the petrodollar and to the control of the Bitcoin dollar, if you will. And I worry and fear that while we talk about sort of entering this Bitcoin age and that war will may not necessarily exist in the same way that it did in the past, that unfortunately, like there are still greedy people, there will still be. <laughs> Uh, there will still be um, bad actors sort of in positions of power. We need to, I think, be considerate of those bad actors that end up having some control and making sure that we help protect those members in Venezuela or those members in the next nation's state that try to seize control over the network, because it serves all of us and all of our best interests to have people, individuals controlling this network, rather than centralized governments that have really led us uh, down the right path over the last few hundred years now. I'm also fully hijacking the show right now. And my first decree is, I think we should give out some sats. I don't know if I'm going to get scolded for this, but I think uh, those of you who have tuned in and, and heard me uh, go on my tinfoil hat, have earned tinfoil hat rant, and have earned a few sats. So, we'll throw in a code right now in the YouTube chat. So, if you're not watching on YouTube, be sure to, to flip over here uh, and we'll put out a code in the chat shortly. If Alex has recovered from his uh, hiccup debacle, I'll, I'll tap him back in. But in the meantime, I also do want to take a moment to quickly shill and remind everyone that a lot of the big news that came out of Jack Dorsey's mouth regarding Bitcoin stemmed from Bitcoin 21, you know, being in the in the room, hearing him say with his own mouth, like Bitcoin is the most important thing in my generation. And if I wasn't at Twitter, if I wasn't at Square, I would devote my life to this. And now he is doing exactly that. Like being around that environment, being in that space was probably one of the best things, best experiences I've ever had. Uh, highly recommend you guys make your way out if you don't have a ticket or Discount code YTMAG is still up and running. I'm not going to be quoted on what the discount percent is at the moment, but be sure to use it. Uh, it is it is officially 10%. So if you have slept on it, we have warned you for over a month now. We had to 21% off. It is now 10% off YTMAG. Um, we'll probably end up just taking out that discount code altogether at some point, and then you're just going to have to play, pay full sticker price. So be sure if you don't have your ticket already, go pop over to b.tc slash conference, buy your ticket and use the code YTMag. Give us a shout out to in the chat if you ended up winning the carrot code. In the meantime, also we have Fed Watch coming up later today with Ansel. Really excited about that segment. We'll be chatting to him about sort of what he sees going on, especially after the FOMC meeting last week. Another big takeaway, I think, from the Sailor Jack conversation to To bring it back to what we're really here talking about and chatting on, you have these two thought leaders who are trying to push forward a technology that's, frankly, still in its teenage years, and they are not hoarding or hiding anything. Jack explicitly said everything that they want to work on is going to be open source. Um, I know that was music to Matt O'Dell's ears, hearing the prioritization of open sourcing all of their code and making sure that everyone has access to it and can contribute and continue to build off of it. I remember years ago, one of the main reasons why I actually bought into Tesla, forgive me if this is actually wrong, but I genuinely bought into Tesla before this, but please correct me. I believe it was in 2013 when Tesla was really picking up steam at first, Elon Musk went and put all of their battery technology at the time, uh, just out on the internet. And if someone could build off of it or create more efficient systems, like he was open to it because he understood the assignment. And the assignment was, let's create a more energy efficient solution as far as automobiles go. Uh, and you're seeing a similar approach now with Dorsey and Block and Square, where what, what they're going to work on is going to be open to the public so that if someone who's necessarily not not employed by them, but can see a way that it can be improved, improved upon, or just overall made better. They're open to that, and I love that. There's no sort of, there's no ego involved in this. They're not hoarding it for the sake of making a few extra fiat dollars or mining an extra Bitcoin here or there. They genuinely want to help the community and the society. And they, again, I will always pound this point home: watch their actions, not what they say. And their actions continue to cement that. So I'm really excited to see what, what they continue to develop. I'm hoping TBD has a new name in the future, but TBD on that. Yep.